Welcome back to The Money Show. Time for our personal finance feature now. Throughout the pandemic, many adults uh, turned to a likely safety net. Their parents, from buying food to paying for their cell phone plan or covering health and car insurance, many young adults have turned to their parents for financial support. Now, tonight in our personal finance feature, we speak to Kim Bothiter, who tells us how this can be a bad financial habit for parents. Kim, welcome to The Money Show. How does this even begin? How are, uh, are young adults not ready uh, to take care of, the, of their own financial responsibilities? Good evening. Uh, that's a it's, a, it's a good question just to start us off straight into it. Um, let me just tell you that I think it all starts with us as parents. Um, as parents, we want to provide for our children. So we, we get into this habit when they're small of making sure that we go without often and giving them everything that they need. And then it kind of becomes an expectation. And because we're not talking about money, we're not actually teaching them how to work with it. And that's a lot of times why we end up then with them um, needing us to pay for everything. Now, Kim, you know, a lot of uh, financial advisors and people like yourself, you know, certified financial planners will tell us that, look, start the conversation early with your children and speak to them around the dinner table. Um, You know, but where do parents lose it uh, in terms of making sure that their children um, you know, can stand by themselves and can take care of their own business, no matter how hard things get? I think, you know, we can't blame parents. Um, I mean, you know, that's what I, I, there's no blame in this conversation that we're having. I yeah. mean, the, the, it, it is a reality, though, because we're seeing more and more people who are planning their retirements, and actually they're going to run out so early because, so much of their money is going to funding adult children and then even parents on top of it. We call, we call it the sandwich generation of, of what's happening. But it, it starts going wrong because we don't talk about money. It, and I know it's, you know, you, you've heard this many times, but it's a kind of a topic that people don't want to talk about. And because they don't want to talk about it, their children don't learn about it. And then their children don't really know where it comes from or how, how to work with it. And no, as parents, you know, how can, how can we protect ourselves? I mean, I have a two year old now and I'm, I'm trying to make sure that his financial future will be secure in future. Uh, but how do I make sure that, uh, you know, I, I, I build up the right, uh, kind of, um, you know, ring fencing around my own finances to make sure that my child can always come to me and, you know, financially uh you know, and, and 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 blackmail me into paying for their stuff and uh, emotionally um you know blackmail me into paying for their for their own responsibilities as a parent how do you learn to say no often enough uh, even though it is your child it's it's not easy no it's definitely not easy i'm also a mother of of three children i mean the oldest being 29 so i, I do talk with a little bit of experience on this topic. for sure but again, but again, so with your two-year-old, my kind of encouragement would be um, not to give your child absolutely everything that you think that they need. So that's where we as parents often, we get into this habit of maybe not wanting our children to feel the same pain we might have felt when we were children. So we don't want them to feel excluded from their friends. So we start off by buying them 
the you know the brand names we we want to make sure that they they're not going without so we get into a position often where we are spending all of our money there and then on 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 what you know what everybody needs now instead of having a conversation as a family around what is it we're trying to achieve and what are our values as a family you know if our values and uh, is that we are showing everybody else that we've made it so we're buying a lot more more brands and we're spending money that we don't have we get into this kind of cycle and habit and i still believe um you know it's hard you've got a 2 year old but it's incredible to know that your child is learning from your example so the research says that our relationship with money is generally formed by the age of 7 and it's from watching other people and watching our parents so i think we should be leading by example i, I think that's the number one place and then when they get old enough putting them on a pocket money system so that they understand the value of money you know the older generation um seems to have gotten different uh, money lessons um you know from their parents and you know being responsible and standing on your own um but you know the transition of that information to uh, the younger generation gen xers or you know millennials uh, has seems to have fallen through you know so what what are some of those key lessons that we're missing that we used to have back then like uh, for instance saving and uh, only buying something when you can truly afford it well has it hasn't i mean it's become so easy to to get loans it's become so easy to have um get into debt with our credit cards and i think for for many generations if we, if we go to the older generations they they remember going without they remember not having so they are very careful not to take on too much debt because if they take on all of that then then they know what's going to happen to them but the cycle has come where a lot of people believe that their credit card whatever that balance is is actually their money and then they get into the cycle of putting things on the budget then they have these incredible interest rates so they're buying the things that they can't afford and i think it's just a cycle that we've gone into now i mean that said we've just gone through or are going through a pandemic and the after effects of a pandemic there are many people today that are going to change their spending habits because they felt the pain of what we've gone through. So I think there is going to be a cycle where people are going to be more careful with their money and are not going to spend as much of the money that they don't possibly have. And and I think it's because of that instant gratification. We became so used to having exactly what we wanted when we wanted it. Um but I do believe that this COVID pandemic is going to I'm hoping to taught a lot of people lessons that they start thinking of putting away as opposed to spending absolutely everything they've got. I mean parents are in difficult situation uh, in this particular topic that we're having. Um how do you differentiate between a one-time thing and somebody solely relying on you uh for finances, you know? Uh your son comes to you and he's like, "Look, I've paid for everything. I'm very responsible, but I just need this 5000 rand because I had a shortfall." uh somewhere my pipe broke and i just need help out this one time you know how do you nip it in the bud uh and make sure that it doesn't become more than one time so i think it's exactly what you said i mean you're watching your your child and they they they're being conscientious they've got good habits and this is a one time thing i mean i'm the first one if my children need me so you you're there to help them it's, it's a natural response but i think response, it's when it right? becomes 
Yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, somebody, you know, my child must need money. So if my child gets into trouble or, or, or anything like that, you want to give them. What I'm talking about is that habit of continually giving them. So just to give you an example, I work with people and I help them plan their retirements as, as a certified financial planner. Many times I'm watching people in their retirements. Now, I can see their money is going to run out. And uh, we start going through their budgets and where their money is going. And then it'll be um, insurance. And I'll say, for a car, whose insurance is, oh, no, that's for my daughter. Then I'll pick up, oh, their medical aid. Oh, no, that's for my son. Oh, red so flags. these regular, regular payments that people are making so that um, their, their children can, can get through. What it does is it causes uh, like you not to have enough. And, and it's like a cycle because when you don't have enough, then you become dependent on your children. And if we haven't taught our children these right habits of, of not spending more than, than they earn and of not having investments, what we're doing is we are one day going to run out of our money and they're not going to have the tools or the know-how of how to come out of their budget. So then who's going to look after who? All right, let's park it there for now. Um, uh, Kim, uh, personal finance uh, feature today, speaking about how parents can make sure that they don't hold the hands of their adult children when it comes to finances and try wean them off their finances in a way. Uh, she's a certified financial planner and we'll pick up this conversation in a moment. The Money Show. Personal finance. You back on the money show now. Let's pick up that conversation with Kim Botrita, certified financial planner at Chartered Wealth. She's been telling us how parents can wean off their adult children away from their finances to make sure that they have a secured financial future. Now, Kim, let's say I've been a bad parent and I come to you as a financial planner and I say, look, I've given all my kids this money. But I still have 10 or 12 years to work. You know, how do I bolster my savings to make sure by the time I retire, I'll have enough for me? So I think, it, I mean, that's such a re- reality because of so many people, when we have our children, a lot of whatever we're earning that we could possibly be saving for our retirements or for ourselves is going to school fees and just the general expenses. So when maybe they're leaving home and you've got the 12 years that you left, you know, to start, well, to, to be a, putting away a, a lot of money, you know, again, what we don't want to do is we don't want to go into negligent investments. So, so still the advice would be to have started earlier. But now if you haven't, my advice always to people then is to actually think of working longer. Because the reality is, if you still need to live and you need to still be having a life. So if you are taking all your money and, you know, putting too much into the investment, into the savings, then you don't have enough to to be living on. And then you start having this real miserable life. So what I I encourage people to do then is to rather look at um, upping their skills, you know, you know, doing some courses, getting some more skills so they could potentially be earning some more. And secondly, consider ways of how you can earn money for longer. And I say that because nowadays, you know, there was this real, and I think it's gone. I mean, this idea that we're going to retire at 63 or 65 and never earn another oh, cent. Oh, you're dashing our dreams. You're dashing our dreams. You're dashing our dreams. Kim. Oh, come on. <laughs> how do you mean but, it's over? We're going to have to work for longer. But that's where the, the, the interesting part comes in. 
the what I like to do and how I like to work with clients is to start helping them think of work that they want to do. Because maybe when you're in retirement, you're not going to earn your same salary. Maybe you're not even going to do your same work you're doing, but you're going to look for income to come from different places. So even if you're earning a bit of money in retirement, it doesn't have to be what you were earning before. It helps your whole financial plan. But what people do is they say they're 10 years away, they haven't got enough money because I see it all the time. Then they start looking for investments that are schemes and that are offering incredible interest rates. And we know the whole story of if it's too good to be true, then it's too good to be true. And we shouldn't be putting our money there. So all I'm saying to the listeners is stay away from that feeling of greed and fear, whether you then go into investments that are going to eat up your money that you have got. Stay the course of getting the compound interest and being in in, in more credible long-term investments and rather think about yourself as the greatest, your greatest asset and how do you upskill and how do you find other income while you're in retirement. I guess another thing is also having that painful conversation with your children, actually sitting them down to say, look, uh, you guys are grown now and, uh, you know, I've, I've done all I can. Uh, I need you to pull through and pull your weight as well so that I don't have, you know, financial worries at a later stage when I decide to retire. Um, you know, um, how do the parents do this? Do they drag them to the financial planner so, you know, children can understand the dire situation that their parents can end up in? I think it is so important to do that. So now, I mean, I'm just going to share, you know, when I work with, with, with some people, they are so proud. Now, you must know as a parent, you want to give your child everything. I've seen so many that are so proud that don't tell their children that they're running out of money. And then when it becomes a huge problem, then all of a sudden, I don't have the money. And, and, and then you look to, to the child. Now, that child, you haven't taught them how to invest, you haven't taught them how to save, and, and, and now they don't know how to do it. So very much, yes, I do think you should be having the conversations. I do think you should be sometimes, uh, and, and it is because we're, we're proud, so we don't want to say to our children that, um, you know, that it's causing us damage. But if we could rather have a conversation and be honest with our children and say, you know, this is what I'm earning. If I carry on like this, you're going to be funding me. So let's rather find a way to stop me stop funding you so that one day, and I'm getting tongue twisted now, but one day yeah. you're not funding me. Because, yeah. because that is the reality. I mean, most people say to me when they come in, they say, Kim, whatever happens, I don't want to be reliant on my children. I mean, I get that all the time. Yet in, in some ways they're going to end up becoming reliant on their children because of their pride and not wanting their children to know that they're causing this damage to their financial plan. So it's definitely a conversation and bringing them into the meeting. Okay, let's give parents, um, you know, a lifeline here. Say they've been bad with their children and given them all sorts of money, uh, but now they want to make sure they get on a better financial plan. You know, how can they, you know, bolster their finances? It is an emergency situation, especially for people who, are going to be retiring in the next 10, five years, you know, what's the emergency, what's the drastic um, options they can take to make sure that their finances are ready for that? So, I mean, as I said to you earlier, I mean, it would be to even consider working longer, but then it's getting an investment and, and it's actually having an investment where you have a debit order that goes into the investment every month at the beginning of the month of 
say so you work out what it is that you 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 can put into investment and make sure that you you put that into the investment on a debit order so you can get a unit trust and and, and be putting into the unit trust so that that has the time to grow. The longer we leave our money uh, in these investments is the more time that they've got to actually compound and to get the interest so that they are worth enough to provide us with an income when we one day retire. So there is no magic investment out there. And people often, when they're desperate, they come and they want a magic one. It's just the consistency and it's the habit of putting the money away and letting it be in an investment that it, that it can actually um, grow. Let's speak to younger parents now who know they can't say no to their children. How do they build up, uh, you know, their finances um, for their children to make sure that their children don't go into theirs at, at a later stage? So what kind of products as a young parent can you look for uh, for your young one in order to make sure that, you know what, here's your kitty. I prepared it 20 years ago. Don't touch my finances. I've got yours uh, covered as well. Okay, so... One thing I just want to point out here, what, what I believe in and what I encourage clients to do with their children is to start investments for their children when, when their children are younger, but not to the detriment that you're not starting your own. Because there's a conversation here. Is what we're giving our children an education so that they can go out and earn their money? And, and for many of us parents, that's the first prize. We're going to pay for our children's education True. so that they have the means to earn their money. But if we happen to have something then left over, but then start an investment. And this is for me where the important part comes in. If we do do an investment for our child, it's not to us to do it in secret and then one day hand our children this amount of money. It's to have the discussions with them, show them where they are in the investment, show them how they earn interest, show them how that money grows, show them how investments work, show them how credit works. We don't take the time to teach our children. And unfortunately, what we found is that at school, they don't teach it. So we, we kind of go, oh, well, my child's going to learn all of this through their education, but they don't. And it becomes important that we as parents start um, doing that. So even when we're doing the investments, discussing the investment with our teenage children, show, showing them what we've done for them, not us you know, being these parents that then present them with this amount of money and they haven't understood where it's come from. And that's why I encourage that pocket money and not with your two-year-old, but when they get a little bit older, just to show them that, you know, um, that they need to work for the money, how, how, where the money needs to be allocated and how some is in an investment, some is for fun and, and, and some is potentially for give back. And in that way, you start teaching your child the life lessons of how to work with money. And for me, that's the greatest gift you give your child, yeah. way more than actually giving them an amount of money. Well, that was Akim Porchiter, Certified Financial Planner at Chartered Wealth, telling us how as parents we should wean off our adult children uh, from, uh, you know, going into our finances. A worthy conversation, a conversation worth having.